What's going on, everybody? Listen to episode 19 of MNN Sports Talk Podcast. I'm Nick Rivera alongside Mark Morales, and you know what time it is. It's almost time for Nick's basketball. Mark Morales, where you at? I'm right here, Nick. How you doing today? I'm doing fine. I am ready to talk some Nick's basketball. How about you? Yeah, I'm ready too. I know the offseason off didn't really go as planned for the New York Knicks, but regardless, I'm excited for this season. I like what they did in the draft. I like the new pieces they brought in, so I'm hyped. No matter what happens in Brooklyn, New York still belongs to the Knicks, and I'm ready. I got my R.J. Bear posters. I got my Julius Randle jerseys. I'm ready. Yeah, and I agree with you about New York always being a Knicks town, but right before we dive right into it, don't forget to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at MN Sports Talk Pod. You could send us any questions, any comments you have regarding the show. So let's dive right into this, Nick. Let's do it large. We're going international. Don't get left behind. Oh, yeah. And for those who might, who might not know what we're talking about, um, I want to give a quick little shout out to our loyal listener out in Turkey. Um, I checked on, our, on the Anchor app, which is the, uh, the platform where we produce the podcast. And apparently, we have a loyal listener out in Turkey. So I want to give a quick shout out to him. Thank you for staying loyal. Thank you for tuning in week after week. And let's just keep this going, Nick. It seems like we're going in the right direction. Next stop, Australia. <laughs> yeah. So the New York Knicks ended the 2018-2019 season last in the Eastern Conference. They finished the season 17-65. and 65. Yeah. And that was really to nobody's surprise because everyone knew going into last season, that it was going to be a very tough year. You know, Porzingis was out from the ACL injury that he suffered um, the season before. And also, they were in the sweepstakes for the Zion Williamson um, pick in the lottery. Obviously, it didn't really go as planned. Um, but everyone knew what, they were, what the Knicks were getting themselves into last year. They had a very young roster, one of the youngest rosters in the league. They were coming off a good draft where they drafted – um, Kevin Knox, they drafted Mitchell Robinson, they, they signed Alonzo True, who is an undrafted rookie, and for the most part, all three of them played pretty well, and, and I, I have to say that I think Mitchell Robinson is probably the best of the three last year. Yeah, I, I love watching him play. The, was he the NBA leader in blocks, or did he or almost? I'm pretty sure he was, right? He, not, not the NBA leader, but he's definitely the, uh, one of like the rookie leader, or at least up there. I don't know, man. He was blocking everything in play. I was like, oh, my goodness. What is going on with him? He was a monster. Yeah, no, he definitely he definitely was a beast last year, especially on the defensive end. Um, I'm checking right now for the, for the blocks. He was actually second. Miles Turner was first with 2.69 blocks per game, and Mitchell Robinson was second with 2.44 per Let's game. Oh, it's my rookie and don't forget, too, Mitchell Robinson didn't really play a lot the first half of the year, let alone start, because they had um, DeAndre Jordan, obviously, in the second half of the year. And in the first half of the year, he really he seemed like he didn't really know what he was doing out on the court. And, you know, a big part of that, too, was because he didn't play college basketball. He opted to sit out because I'm pretty sure he didn't want to, like, you know how the NCAA doesn't pay their their players and all that? Um 
I'm pretty sure it was because of that. Like he didn't want to, he didn't want to make the NCAA money, something along those lines. So he sat out all the year prior. He was an all American in high school and he actually trained, which would have been his freshman year in college. He trained that whole season with Anthony Davis and his trainer. So very interesting. I guess it kind of worked out. It didn't really make too much of a difference. I feel like he would have been better if he saw the court at least um, in some aspect, but I think he, he's doing all right. And after one season under his belt in the organization, I think he'll have uh, plans for bigger things in 2019, 2020. Yeah, and I agree 100% because, you know, the biggest thing for him, it seems like not only did he really – it seemed like the game was too fast for him on the on the the professional level, especially in the first half of the year. But also stamina wise too, he, he definitely could have built up his stamina if he played college basketball. Might have been able to slow the game down just a tad if he played college. But nonetheless, I think everything happens for a reason because this guy seems to be a legit NBA center and a legit NBA player now. And let's just say he did play college basketball, his draft stock might actually have been a little bit higher. And he probably might have not been available for the Knicks when where they ended up drafting him. But a big reason why that he ended up playing or being such a great player in the second half of the year was because of DeAndre Jordan, which the, the Knicks acquired in the Porzingis trade. Uh, yeah, he played better, but good riddance. To DeAndre? Um, yeah, I'm good on that. <laughs> yeah, now he's the uh, now he's the nemesis, no longer the, the friend the friendly, he's now the enemy. What a bozo, man. I swear. And he got a boatload of money, too, from them. I'm pretty sure. What, what was it, like 40 for four years or something like that? Yeah, Brooklyn. They had a plan. They said, you know what? Let's sign DeAndre, too. And everyone else was like, no, not what we wanted. <laughs> well, a big reason why they signed him is because he's BFFs with Kevin Durant. But, um, I mean, DeAndre was very serviceable for the Knicks. He did everything the right way. And... You know, if it wasn't for him, Mitchell Robinson might not be on this this path of, of greatness that he's on right now. So um, I, I do want to give a, a thanks to DeAndre Jordan just because of the fact that he was able to teach Robinson the game and all that. Are we making thank you DeAndre shirts? <laughs> I don't know about that, but. Is he going to get a tribute at MSG when he returns? It's just going to be him and Mitchell Robinson in the, in the, um, <laughs> in the gym. That'd yeah, be hilarious. I'm Probably. for it. I'm with it. Hashtag <laughs> thank you, DeAndre. Let's make that go trending. <laughs> um, but yeah, but DeAndre Jordan wasn't the only piece that the, that they acquired over from Dallas. I'm excited, and I'm I'm super like I'm I'm so happy that they finally were able to get a Duke guy on their team. Hopefully, it's not the wrong Duke player, but. Um, I have high hopes for RJ. Like I said at the top of the show, man, I, I look at him as a Dwayne Wade player. And who knows? Maybe years down the line, maybe he's able to persuade his old college roommate, Zion Williamson, to come join the Knicks. Yeah, I don't think – I mean, I don't think Zion's the type of guy to, like, hold out or demand trades or anything like that. But when the draft order got revealed, I don't know, man. He looked very, very shook. Yeah, everyone thought he was coming to New York. He's like, man, I'm not trying to go to New Orleans. (laughs) (laughs) And it's just very Knicks-ish that they finally have the worst, um, like, they're they're finally the worst team in the league, and now the NBA wants to change the order, the draft order. Yeah, when that happened, I said, yeah, nice. The process. (laughs) Love it. Yeah. When Philadelphia is tanking, it's all right. 
but as soon as we're bad, actually bad and not tanking, we're just that atrocious. That's when we're going to change it. Yep. <laughs> nice. Thanks. Yeah. Thanks, Adam Silver. Salute. <laughs> but RJ Barrett wasn't the only new guy coming in on this team. You know, some of the free agents that the Knicks were able to sign, like you mentioned, Julius Randle, who's a, was a great player for the Pelicans last year. Um, he averaged career highs in points. He averaged 21.4 points per game, um, 8.7 rebounds per game, and 3.1 assists per game. He shot 52.4% from the field, 34.4% from three. And he just – it seems like he did a little bit of everything for the Pelicans. Um, you know, his scoring was way up um, in years past. You know, his previous career high was only 16.4 with the with the Lakers. And every year since he's entered the league, his numbers have – have been improving season after season. He shot career highs from three. Um, his field goal percentage, his career high is 55%. So it took a little bit of a dip to 52, but that could have just been because he shot way more threes this year than years past. Um, but I think he's a great player. And, and like you, you mentioned that he's in the middle of his prime. Honestly, I don't even think he's entered his prime yet. He's only 24 years old. He's very young still. And, you know, like I said, he just keeps getting better and better. And I think he's going to be, one of the main focal points and and focuses moving forward for the Knicks future. I, I don't see him being one of these guys that are only on the team for a year and then and then goodbye. I think he's going to be a, a major piece to this Knicks team once eventually they're they're finally able to compete for a playoff spot. Yeah, I'm ready for Julius Randle, but other than that, I think we got to mention the Knicks pulling the clown shoes out of the closet. I didn't mention the other. 43 power forwards they signed. Yeah, well, we'll get. I was about to get to that. Um, <laughs> some of the people that you're talking about, they signed Marcus Morris, who's a very solid player. He, he plays with a lot of grit, a lot of intensity. Um, Bobby Portis, another guy, another young guy. He's only 23 years old. Um, he's coming off one of the best seasons of his career. He, shoot, he scores 14.4 points per game, shoots 44.4% from the field, and a little under 40% from three. Um, and then they signed a few guards. They got Elfin Payton. They signed him, who averages 10.6 a game and 7.6 assists per game. And he's a guy who seems to be able to get triple doubles. Not as frequently as uh, Russell Westbrook. Russell Westbrook is just a freak of nature. But he could get triple doubles every now and then. They got Wayne Ellington, who uh, averages 10.3 points per game, shoots about 40% from the field, a little under 40% from three. And Reggie Bullock, who was on the Lakers last year, traded to the Lakers last year. He, he averages a little over 11 points a game, shoots about 40% from, from the field and a little under 40 from three. So, you know, one of the Knicks' major areas of concern last year was three-point shooting. And with the, the couple of guards that they signed and Wayne Ellington and, and Reggie Bullock um, and Bobby Portis, you know, I know he's a power forward, but he could shoot the three at a decent level. I mean, I think that they were definitely able to fix that problem. And Marcus Morris, too. He could shoot from the three at a, at a respectable rate. Yeah, I'm ready for it. I want to see some improvements. I think they have all the tools they need to not be in the bottom of the league. <laughs> um, at this point, without seeing them play, only on paper and strictly potential. What do we? What do you think we're looking at right now? Win loss wise. Win loss wise. Um, well, they went. What did I say? Seventeen and seventeen and sixty five last year. If they could get to like thirty to thirty five wins this year, I think that's a great season. Wow, doubling the wins. Look at that. I mean, I think that's acceptable. I mean, they they brought in a lot of good vets, a lot of good pieces. R.J. Barrett, I think he's going to have. 
the same type of effect that Trey Young and, and I'm not going to say Luka Doncic because, I mean, he's been playing professional basketball for a very long time now. He's, he's just like on another level than Trey Young. But if he could, if RJ Barrett could come in and be any type of, have any type of impact that like Trey Young had last year, I think the Knicks are going to be in good shape, man. I'm, I'm not going to say that they're going to be in the playoffs or, or compete for the eighth seed, but if they can get to about 30, 35 wins, man, I'd accept that. And, and I think that would show that they're, that they're taking a step in the right direction. Mm, interesting. Yeah, I was gonna say the same thing. I was gonna say, I just, I just want to hit thirty. I don't care what happens with playoffs, as long as we're not bottom of the barrel, the the beans team. As long as we're not that, then I think that's a success. <laughs> yeah, and you know, I, I want to see a lot of improvement from a few players too. Um, Kevin Knox, I, I want to see a big improvement from him. Um, he was averaging 12.8 points per game. If he could get that around, you know, like 16, 17, 18 points per game and, and shoot respectful from the field, if he can get to about like 40 to 45% from the field and maybe between 37 and, and 39% from three, I think that'll be a good next step for him. I, he definitely needs to um, improve the rebounding. He averaged 4.5 rebounds per game. And as a power forward, I, I know he might be playing around the perimeter for most of the time. But, you know, this season, I want to see him get – I want to see him, like, back people down. I don't want him to be just a spot-up shooter anymore because we have R.J. Barrett now. If Kevin Knox could put on a little bit more weight and really work on his back-to-the-basket game at low, like in the post game, and, and also improve on his shooting, I think that'll be a great a great step for him. And, you know, also, too, Dennis Smith Jr. Um, I know that the Knicks brought in Alfred Payton, but the Knicks should go into this season with the point guard position being wide open. Um, but I, I truly hope that Dennis Smith gets the starting nod because you brought him in for a reason. You traded for him for a reason. You, it wasn't just a salary dump. It wasn't just trying to get rid of Porzingis. You know, Dennis Smith Jr., he could be a very good point guard in this league. He's very explosive. And when he was uh, like coming into that draft, I looked at him as like a Russell Westbrook type of player in terms of his explosiveness and his dunking ability. And we've, we saw flashes of that last year. He's a good slasher. He's a good um, cutter, he could get to the basket. He's a good finisher, but I, I want to see more. He only averaged 13.6 points last year and 4.8 assists per game. He shot 42 from the field and, and about 32 from three. If he can improve his shooting, which I think is his biggest weakness, you know, I, I think he's going to be a home run in that trade. Um, but I, I definitely expect the Knicks to go into training camp in preseason with the thought that the point guard position is going to be like, like a, like a, like a competition between Dennis Smith and Alfred Payton, but I truly hope that Dennis Smith was able to take that next step. And I, I think he should be the starter because I want to see what he can do. Um, and then the next guy that I want to see a big improvement from, I, I want to see Mitchell Robinson start, man. I want to see him take that next step. I, I really want to see him do well. And, you know, he's a guy who didn't even really play a lot last year in the first half of the year. And he ended the season second in the league in blocks per game. Like he could be one of the best blockers the NBA has ever seen. Um, he blocks people's three-point attempts. He's quick, and he 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 can like chase you down and, and get good chase down blocks. If if he's like if he's gonna if run out and try to block a three, if the guy pump fakes and tries to cut in, he has the ability and the athleticism to turn around and block the guy on a dunk or on a layup. And you know this is the guy who only played sixty-six games last year. Total only started um, nineteen games. He averaged about twenty minutes a game um, and only averaged seven point three points. But his rebounding was about six point four. Um, but this is a guy who I want to see average 10 and 10, you know, 10, 10 points, 10 rebounds, and maybe get to three blocks a game. I think that'll be phenomenal for him. And I think that's something that he can do as long as he stays healthy. 
Yeah, like you said, I want the the Knicks to go into it, I guess, with a competition for point guard. But I feel like it has to be Dennis Smith starting at uh, point guard. Like, if we go into the season and Alfred Payton is the starter, I'm going to be furious. <laughs> yeah, me too, <laughs> honestly. And, I mean, he's a guy that you could have drafted. Some people say that's who we were supposed to draft, and now you traded for him. I feel like at that point, there's, like, so much invested in him that, like, yeah, not that you have to start him, but I, I feel like, one, he should be just because of everything that you invested in. Two, I don't think there's a better player at the position that currently on the roster. I feel like when you go into it with the open mindset that it's wide open and it's a competition, um, it puts a threat out there and it'll bring out, you know, the the hunger to want to wanna start, to want to compete for it. But I feel like at the end of the day, it should be um, – it should be Dennis Smith because, like you said, we've seen flashes of what he can be, and I think he could be an above-average player. And I feel like he's already at the level where he's like an above-average younger player. At certain times, mm-hmm. I feel like he's still a little inconsistent to be considered um, like actually like um, a solidified draft pick. I feel like he's kind of the borderline, will he work out? Is he going to be just an average player? Is he going to be a role player? I still, it's still too early to tell, figuring that out. And like you said with Mitchell, I think, like you said, who who's going to start at center? I mean, I guess if you play small, um, you could have one of your like rotation power forwards. I guess maybe that's why they signed so many, like just to have options. Yeah, you also have Todd Gibson. Yeah, I'm good on that one. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, with, with center, like on the everyday basis, like if you're not playing small or matchup wise, I feel like it has to be Mitchell just because I, I feel like there's no one better at the the, the center position. So I, I don't know. I, I expect both of them to start, maybe not day one, but pretty much 85% of the season. Yeah, and, and Mitchell's a beast, man. And you know, he was a 2018 2019 all rookie last year, and he barely even started. The so, beast. yeah, no, he, he truly is. And the biggest thing for him is just he has to stay healthy. His, you know, I, I don't want him to be a guy who has all this potential and then barely sees the court because of injuries. Joel, <laughs> exactly. I mean, yeah, I mean, that's a perfect example. Like, Joel, he's a beast, and he could be a potential MVP at one point in his career, but the health is the really only thing holding him back. And we've seen it in the playoffs how. You know, like he's all beat up and banged up by the time the playoffs come, and they have to mount- monitor his minutes. Yeah, that's crazy, man. I know people all over Philly are trying to donate their feet to him. <laughs> yeah, and I just I, I don't want the same thing to happen to Mitchell Robinson. I want him to be a healthy big. I want him to just play his game. I want him to start, like you said, and I, I just want to see big things from this year. I want him to see him take the next step. You know, the biggest thing for this next season is development, and to see how these young players do now in year two, like a laundry true, who we didn't even really mention. Um, you know, I, I really, the, the biggest thing that I want to see in this season is, is development from the young core and the young core includes Mitchell Robinson, Kevin Knox, Dennis Smith, Jr. Alonzo Trier, um, RJ Barrett, even, even the other guy that they drafted, um, Ingus Brzezikas. I want to see what he can do. <laughs> I mean, I, I think, I think that was a solid pickup too. Like I know it's a funny name. Yeah. Ingus Brzezinkis. I'm definitely saying his name wrong, so I apologize. Um, but, yeah, I want to see what he can do. I think he could be a very good role player. Def- might, might not be as – obviously, I don't see him being, like, a starter this season at all unless they're, like, decimated by injuries. 
But he, I think he could be a solid role player. He looked good in summer league, so I, I'm curious to see how he's going to perform. But also, you know, one guy, too, that I think this is his make-or-break year. I think this is it for him. And that's Frank Milakina. Ew. And, you know, right before we start talking about him, another young guy who I want to see take a next step is also Damian Dotson, who didn't really get a lot of credit last year. He's a very good spot-up shooter, very good spot-up three shooter. And I want to see him be more aggressive out there because I think he could be a very good role player, too, on a, on a, on a playoff team. Uh, yeah, I like Dotson. I forgot. Loki forgot him. Not that I forgot about him, but. I know. He just doesn't get a lot of recognition. Hides in the shadows. Yeah. But, you know, like we were just saying, um, uh, not Mitchell Robinson, Frank Nilakina. And, you know, we mentioned him a little bit because Frank Nilakina was drafted before, right before um, Dennis Smith Jr. a few years back. And this is a guy, man, who we're going into year three, and it just seems like he, he, he just gets – he's gotten worse in year two as opposed to year one. And in year one – I know in year two he was battling an injury. He was out for almost half the season. But in year one, he played 78 games. He averaged only 5.9 points per game. Um, where is it? 3.2 assists per game, 0.8 steals per game. He shot 31% from three and 36% from the field. And then in year two, I know he was struggling with a bunch of different injuries. He only got into 43 games, and he actually got worse in year two. He dropped down to 5.7 points per game, 2.8 assists per game, Um Ended up shooting 33% from the field and, um, where is it, 28% from three. And this is a guy who was, you know, he, they have the Knicks invested a lot into him. He was the eighth overall pick in the first round back in 2017. And I think this is it for him, man. If he doesn't take, like, a dramatic step, and I'm talking, like, he has to double his points. He has to get between 10 and 12 points per game. He has to shoot, you know, anywhere between – 38 to 40% from the field, and he has to get up to at least 35% from three. You know, I, I, he has to. Otherwise, this is it for him after the season. And I've been a big Frank defender, and you know that firsthand because from day one, you've always been busting my chops, calling him a bust and everything. And I was the guy saying, you know, he's only 19. Give him time. Give him time. Let's see what he can do. But, you know, my patience has run very thin with this guy. And I think this is it. If he doesn't have a dramatic step in year three, sayonara. <laughs> your time is up, pinhead. It's <laughs> time to let him go. I, I feel like he has, like, he literally has no trade value. I feel like you can't trade him for anything. I feel like if you threw him in with a package for somebody, they're going to be like, yeah, I'm good on that. So, I don't know. They, they might actually cancel the trade if you try to do that. <laughs> yeah, like, he, I guess his defense, like, everyone talks about his defense, but, I mean, when you're doing literally nothing on the offensive-wise, like, not even, like, like 10 points. Like, come on, bro. Like, I don't know. I know. And I don't care how good his defense is. He needs to score. Yeah, like, if you're out there for a significant amount of time, especially in today's NBA, you can't just put up, like, three points a game. Like, I don't know. It's about- At least be a 3 a three and D. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like he... He's very limited in his like usage and like what he can do and what benefits the team like at a certain time during the game. I don't know, man. Ever since not not since day one, but pretty much the first season, I was like, man, this dude isn't doing it for me. And here we are, two years later, and he's still not doing it for me. 
I know. It's crazy. And and like you said, you know, he, he is, a, an, I would say, about an average to slightly above average defender. Um, but when you're not doing anything on the offensive end, it's very hard to find minutes for a guy like that. Especially, like you said, in today's NBA, the guards need to produce a lot of the offense now. And, I, you know, I know his playmaking ability might not be there. His You know, he might not be the best of passer. And he was looked at to be a point guard when he was drafted. So, you know, now heading into year three with him, year one, uh, full season now in year one with uh, Dennis Smith Jr. If Dennis Smith Jr. is starting, which we both agree he should be, I wouldn't mind seeing Frank Nielakina play in the two for a little bit just to see if he can do anything with, with uh, being playing off the ball. Because, you know, if, if he's going to just be a, a D guy, at least be a, a really good or an above average three point shooter, at least be a three and D. And then you find, and then that, there's your value right there. He plays great defense and he could shoot the three ball. That's perfect. I mean, I'll be an ideal world, but I, I think it's very slim. It, it happens, but I feel like if you, um, if you work with him, I feel like it would be an easy transition. Like he's a big dude. He's six, six. So, and his arm span is very long. So yeah, so like I feel like he could. I feel like he would in a perfect world. He would work better as a shooting guard, but uh, I don't know. You got to make the transition, and it's obviously not like as easy as just moving him over and just saying, "All right, play." But mm-hmm. I mean, and, that'd be cool if he could do it. <laughs> and especially now too, with all these other free agent signings, it's, it might be hard to find minutes for him, especially if he's not producing early in the season. Yeah, I expect his leash to be relatively short. And if he doesn't put up uh, solid numbers, I could see his minutes decline very rapidly. Yeah, and he might not even make it this full year. Dang, you think they're going to cut my mans? Oh, I mean, if he's not producing at all in the beginning, like in the first couple of weeks of the season, and it gets to a point where they're barely playing him, I think the writing would be on the wall at that point. Like if we get to like November – or like December, and he's barely playing now because he's just so bad. I think the writing's on the wall at that point, especially if some of the other guys are getting more playing time over him, like the the newer, the newly acquired guys, or like the younger guys. Like if Alonzo Trier comes in and takes the next step and, and is producing better on the offensive side than than Frank Nilakina, and he's getting more minutes than Frank, I think the writing's on the wall. I'm ready for. It. I want to see this. <laughs> um, but now let's get into some starting lineup projections. So. We kind of like we're teasing it a little bit throughout the show. Um, but for me, if in a perfect world, I think you have to have Dennis Smith Jr. be your starting point guard and then have Alfred Payton back up. So there's your, there's your uh, starting and, and backup. And then at shooting guard, you know, I, I truly believe that they're going to have one of these, these newly acquired guys start, whether it's Reggie Bullock or Wayne Ellington. Um, you know, for me, my, my starting two, I'm probably going to lean towards, I'm going to say Reggie Bullock, just because, like, he's a little bit more efficient than um, Wayne Ellington. He shot better from the field and better from three by literally, like, decimal points. But I think Reggie Bullock is going to be the starting two guard. Obviously, this is all bearing health. Um, and then you'll have Wayne Ellington be the, be the you know, the backup or Alonzo Trier, either either one of those two. Um and then your three guard, your three, I'm going to say your small forward. I would love to see R.J. Barrett start the season. I would love to see it. And I, I think he should start, but part of me feels like they're not going to have him start because of Kevin Knox as the three. 
But in a perfect world, I truly want RJ to be the starting three guard and have Kevin Knox kind of like back him up. Just because uh, let's see what what see what RJ could do. I think RJ is a better prospect than Kevin Knox. Um, and then your four, your power forward. Um, I'm gonna say probably like I think Marcus Morris is gonna be the starting power forward. Oh, excuse me. No, I totally forgot about Julius Randle. Um, you know, you know, I'm gonna say I think I think they're gonna have Marcus Morris be the power forward. Julius and then Julius Randle play center and have Mitchell Robinson back up. But for me personally. I would love to see Julius Randle play the four and then Mitchell Robinson play the five. And then you could have Morris back up Julius Randle at the four and then you have Todd Gibson. And then you just play, you know, musical chairs with the backup centers, you know, with Todd Gibson, with uh, Noah Vonley, who I believe is still on the roster. Um, Vonley was very good for them last year, but I, in a perfect scenario, a perfect world, my starting lineup for this New York Knicks upcoming season is Dennis Smith Jr., Reggie Bullock, R.J. Barrett, Julius Randle, Mitchell Robinson. Like and I it. think that's a solid starting squad. Like it, like it. I feel like for me, let's say, point guard-wise, I feel like it has to be Dennis Smith Jr. Um, hmm, the two guards. See, that's interesting. They have a lot of people they could play with. I mm-hmm. feel like – and I feel like they could slide some of their forwards there. Like I wouldn't be surprised like if you see um any of the the, the small forwards kind of move down to kind of make room for all their other their bigs. Uh for example, like maybe you see RJ play some shooting guard at some point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can see that. And you also Trier, you gotta sprinkle in some Trier. Like they have a lot of options there. But I feel like initially they'll start with one of the new guys, like you said. I feel like I'll I also think it'll be Bullock. But yeah, like I feel like it could kind of shift around a lot. Like they have so many people that like should get minutes just to see like where they are and how they fit in and where they fit best. Um, shooting or small forward wise, I don't know. I feel like you have to see that's the thing. Like you have so many young guys that I want to see play. Like R- I want to see RJ start, but I want Knox to play. But then you got like, like I don't think Marcus Morris is going to start over Randall, and he's going to need his minutes. Then yeah, Bobby Portis, your new sign. Like, there's so many people that need to play, but I feel like initially it'll be um, Dennis Smith, then it'll be Bullock, then it'll be hopefully RJ. But I feel like it'll be Kevin Knox. I feel like him and Knox will kind of switch in and out. Yeah. Um, then power forward, like, it I, has to be Julius. And not even necessarily. Like, I feel like they might start him at center to begin with. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. I feel like they might start uh, Marcus and then Julius at center and then have him rotate with Robinson. Just because I feel like they have to kind of maneuver a lot of people just because to make enough minutes for everybody. But I'm interested to see how Fizz will kind of make it work. But I think, yeah, initially it'll be Dennis Smith, then Bullock, then probably, yeah, Kevin Knox, then Marcus, and then Julius Randle. That's my five. As of right now, I guess. Yeah, and, you know, with media day and the preseason starting in the next few weeks, I think we'll definitely get clarity on how the rotation is going to look like because – Fizdale has a lot on his plate this year. You know, there's a lot of guys that are going to want minutes. There's a lot of guys who should, 
who deserves minutes. And, you know, it's going to be interesting to see. And I, I truly believe, I don't think there's going to be a set starting lineup, honestly, especially in the first few weeks of the season. I think Fizdale is going to mess around with different pieces, see which pieces mesh better with, with one another. And then probably around like Christmas time, we'll probably start seeing like a more solidified starting roster, uh, starting uh, lineup. And don't forget too, I think a lot of these guys that the Knicks signed, you know, a lot of them have options after this year. So I think the Knicks are going to use a lot of them as trade bait once we get around the trade deadline for teams that are competing and want veteran leadership, want vets for um, on their bench and stuff like that. So I don't expect a guy like a Wayne Ellington or possibly even a Reggie Bullock. I don't expect those guys to still be on the roster in the second half of the year. Um, but someone like Bobby Portis, Julius Randle, you obviously have to keep. Peyton, I, I definitely keep as a, as a backup point guard. You definitely need more than one point guard, and Frank is not doing it for me. But uh, some trade bait pieces that I can see possibly not being on the roster the second half of the year is someone like a Wayne Ellington, possibly Reggie Bullock. And that will open up a lot more minutes for someone like Damian Dotson, for Alonzo Trier. Um, Kevin Knox, you know, I, I truly believe that. So, like I said, I think early on in the season, it's, we're going to see a lot of musical chairs when it comes to the starting lineup. But, you know, for me personally, I think that the two people that absolutely – the three people that absolutely have to start, for the exception of Reggie um, Julius Randle, because I think that's just a given that he has to start. But the three young guys that I, I think have to start the season are Dennis Smith, RJ, and Mitch. And I'm sorry to Kevin Knox, but – you know, I, I if if you if I had to pick one person to be traded between Kevin Knox and RJ, I'm I'm sending Kevin Knox out because I think RJ is, has a higher ceiling than Kevin Knox, and that's why I think that uh, RJ should start over him. the The main piece of that deal was DeAndre DeAndre Jordan was Dennis Smith Jr., the young point guard that the Knicks actually could have drafted, but they chose um, Frank Nilakina over. Ew, Frank, filthy Frank. Dookie Frank. And, you know, uh, Dennis Smith Jr., he played pretty well, I would say, for the Knicks in the second half of the year. He wasn't great. He's shown flashes of, of that, uh, you know, that he could potentially be this, this great point guard, this top 15, top 20 point guard in the league. Um, but they definitely need to see more of him moving forward. But, you know, just a quick recap of last year. You had Kevin Knox, who he was a high draft pick, top 10 pick in the draft in um, – 2018 he was the ninth pick overall um he had a pretty solid season I would guess I mean he averaged a little under 13 points per game he shot a little under 40 percent from the field he shot 34 percent from three so he wasn't very efficient um but I think overall I mean his rookie year uh, I mean he definitely should have been able to be a little bit more efficient especially at that type of pick being the ninth overall pick in the draft um but, you know, I never really looked at Kevin Knox as a number one option. I see it more as like a two or three option. So maybe now, especially when you have all these other playmakers that the Knicks signed in the offseason, especially with um, R.J. Barrett, who the Knicks drafted third overall in, in this past draft, in the 2019 draft. You know, R.J. Barrett to me looks like, uh, in his prime, looks like a number one option. Looks like the number one scorer on a good team. And maybe Kevin Knox is never, you know, maybe he's never supposed to be that number one guy. So maybe now, you know, looking down the line, because, you know, a lot of these guys that the Knicks signed this past offseason are not really going to be here in the future. You know, a lot of these guys that they signed are pretty much one-year deals. You know, after the season, most of them have options for year two. So I'm looking down the line. I could see 
Kevin Knox and, and uh, R.J. Barrett as a good one-two combo with R.J. being the number one option and Kevin Knox being the number two. Yeah, I love what they're doing right now, building um, like the young talent-wise. Like they have, we got R.J., we got Knox, Trier, Mitchell. I think those four right now are good. And you have, I like the signing of, um, uh, what's his name, from the Pelicans. I just blanked on his Julius Randle. Julius Randle. I like the signing of that because uh, you could have him be the number one option right now. Yes. He's a guy that's putting up 20 and 10 consistently. Like Everyone hates on Julius Randle, but he's been a beast. No, yeah, absolutely. But uh, I like that because while you have him still in his prime putting up the majority of the numbers, getting most of the looks, getting most of the defense, you have everyone else uh, learning the gel, uh, perfecting their game. And by the time they're ready, you could let um, Julius Randle take less of the load and they'll take more of it. So I feel like they'll do uh, like a natural transition in the next coming seasons. Yeah. And I'm all for it. Yeah, absolutely. And I agree with you, man. Julius Randle was one of the top targets that I wanted the Knicks to get um, in the event that they missed out on top tier free agents. And, you know, I'm not I'm not really mad that the Knicks missed out on Kevin Durant or Kyrie Irving, because to be honest with you, I didn't even really want Kyrie Irving. I've been on record multiple times saying I prefer Kemba Walker over Kyrie if I had to get one of the two. Um, And, you know, getting Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving would have been great, obviously. But like I've been saying for the for a very long time now, you can listen to past episodes. I've been saying over and over again that it's not the end of the world that they missed out on these guys. And to be honest, just like the whole, you know, missing out on Zion thing, this could be a blessing in disguise because, you know, not saying that I don't think Zion's going to be a great player. He absolutely is going to be a great player. But I'm very, very happy about having R.J. Barrett on this team. You know, I, I look at him as like a Dwayne Wade type player. And let's just say that the Knicks were able to get Kevin Durant or able to get Kyrie Irving. You know, um, R.J. Barrett might have not been able to develop the way that he's going to be able to develop now. You know, with Kevin Durant, a healthy Kevin Durant, obviously, you know, he's going to be the number one option. Kyrie's going to be the 1B option. And then, and then it's going to be the other guys, the other role players. And then R.J. Barrett is going to be pushed just to be a role player. But I want R.J. Barrett to be the guy. I want him to be the number one option eventually. Obviously, not right off the bat. But eventually, I want him to be the guy, the go-to scorer. So I think not getting Kevin Durant or Kyrie Irving, I, I honestly truly believe that everything happens for a reason. And I, and I think with those two guys, R.J. Uh, Barrett might have never been able to reach his prime. Yeah, like, I don't know how I feel. Like, I wish, like, at, at one point, like, I, I wanted them to sign KD and Kyrie just for them to make, like, you know, free agents in New York, uh, well, the Knicks at least, happen again. But I feel like it's a double-edged sword because even if I, I feel like if they did sign him, I don't think they were going to do anything. Like, uh, I feel like they would have been the Clippers when they had Blake, CP3, and DeAndre. Like, they're, I don't feel like they would have gone anywhere, and it just would have been paying all these dudes uh, all this money. They would have brought, I guess, relevance back to the Knicks in the immediate sense, but I don't think it would have did anything in the long term. Um, but I, I don't know. I, I like, I like the fact that now they could build and then now they could prove to free agents who aren't, you know, go to have legs and you see Kyrie like broke his face now. Like, yeah, no shocker that he's always injury prone. Biggest, one of the biggest reasons why I didn't want him that. And I don't know, Kyrie on the team after he left LeBron, I don't know. His game has been 
he's pretty suspect to me. I don't know what's going on with him, but he's very strange. Like he goes to the Celtics and he was supposed to lead his team. And I don't know, it just ended very weirdly over there. So I'm kind of curious to see how he does on the Nets. But I don't know. Since he left Cleveland, I don't know. He's been very suspect to me. Yeah, no, I agree. And I, I truly believe that Kevin Walker is going to do so much better with the Celtics than Kyrie ever could. I don't know, man. We got Jalen Brown asking for well, what did he ask for? Like seventy mil, one seventy. Oh, I didn't for? even. I didn't even see that. You didn't see that? No. J- Jalen Brown asked for like the max extension. I'm pretty sure it was one seventy. Wow. And everyone, I was just like all over social media, and everyone's like, "Huh?" <laughs> so, and I think some some strange things are gonna happen with the Celtics. No one did anything, and everyone wants all these huge uh, contracts like Terry Rozier now Jalen Brown. Yeah. Uh, so I think Boston fans are starting to get a little anxious. They nothing happened, and they're already <laughs> losing all their core, and they're gonna have to start trading dudes. And oh, I don't know. Yeah, we'll, we'll see what happens with that. Um, but looking forward to this upcoming season with the New York Knicks, I'm excited for it, man. I, I really am very excited to watch RJ Barrett play. And, you know, I was excited last year when they got Kevin Knox to see what he can do, but I feel like I'm 10 times more excited this year with RJ Barrett. And, you know, the expectations are very high for him. He was a phenomenal player at Duke. Um, and I'm just, I'm just excited, man. I just to finally get one of these big time school players who are number one options on this team. Like I know Kevin Knox is from Kentucky. I know it's a big time basketball school, but, but you know, I, I, I really, for years now, I've been wanting a Duke kid to play on the Knicks. Cause you know, every single player that has come for Duke for the most part are like great players. Look at Kyrie. Yeah, I agree. I want to see all my young guys prosper. Um, I guess when push comes to shove, I'd rather have RJ over Knox, but I want to see him do well. I don't want him to be forgotten about. I want to actually see him put in some solid minutes, put up some solid points, rebounds, etc. I want to see some big steps from him. Not necessarily that he has to be a starter, but I definitely want him to prove himself to be a rotation guy, someone that maybe not is a starter, but gets pretty much as many minutes as a starter or pretty close to it. Yeah, I agree. Kevin Knox, to me, he seemed like I we meant, I mentioned earlier in the show. He seems more of like a like a second or third option type of player. Definitely not a number one go to guy. Um, but if he could find if if he could find his shot and really get better, especially on, with the three point shooting, maybe some back to the basket stuff, like I mentioned earlier, I think he'll definitely find value. But I think right now at this point of his career, I think he he he's more serviceable off the bench. Yeah, man, I want to see what's in store. I want to see him come off that bench with some fire, <laughs> with some tenacity, like he wants it. But then, when uh, RJ's ready, he could go back to he could go back to the bench. That's cool with me. <laughs> yeah, but I'm excited, man. This next season is going to be good. It's going to be fun to watch. It. We might not see a lot of winning per se, but like I said, if they can get to about 30 to 35 wins this year, I think that's a, a very successful season for them. A seed? <laughs> we'll see about that, but uh, I think so. <laughs> well, we'll see, man. Well, thank you everybody for listening. This has been episode nineteen of Eminent Sports Talk podcast. Like we mentioned at the top of the show, don't forget to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at MN Sports Talk Pod. Let's go, Knicks. <laughs>